Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, I am joined by cool producer Joel. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm alright, thanks, Joel. Um, you're you look you're looking pretty cosy. You got a nice little bit warm hoodie. Yeah, on. I'm feeling cosy. It's it's probably not really hoodie weather, but sometimes it's quite nice to wear a big hoodie, isn't it? Yeah. Why not? Why not? You got your blinds drawn. Your what have you just got up? What's been going on? <laughs> uh, they're not drawn, drawn. They're, they're, most of the window is is um, exposed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, really. No. I, I, I feel all you, flustered because we, we sort of organised to record this at the last minute, didn't we? Well, yeah, because normally we d- wouldn't do it on a Monday. And then I realised I'm busy Tuesday, Wednesday. So, um, And I'm normally really busy on a yeah, Monday. Well, so it's, I, it's all so strange. I, I, I sent the text thinking, this is probably a waste of time. But I sent it, and you were ready, and, we were, and now we're here, and I don't know what to say. What's been I happening, know. Joel? What's been happening? How's your week been? Uh, my week's been great. I had a, I, I got to see you in person on Friday night. Yeah, you did. You came to a show. I did. It's the first time I've seen comedy in so long. I had such a nice time. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah, and it's just nice to be in the room again, and yeah, you know, having a good time and. And did you get the itch to come back? Because obviously you used to be a professional comedian. Did you get the itch? Do you want to get back on stage, or did you? Well, just... I kept I kept a pretty low profile in the in the room in case just because you know you don't want to get invited up. And well, I was tempted when I was up there yeah. to be honest. I thought, yeah, you know what this show needs. And he's a tight five from cool producer Joel Grove. Joel. Yeah, um, it was great, great night, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I was there a couple of nights in a row. You know that room. So 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 the so the club is the stand up. The stand-up club uh, mm-hmm. in Leicester Square in the Comedy Pub, and that middle room because there's basically there's there's a room upstairs, room downstairs, and the middle room. That ro- middle mm. room is one of my favourite rooms to play now. What a lovely room! Yeah, and I did it on the Saturday night, and it was jam-packed. It was so f- it was just I tell you what, it was one of those gigs. Everyone had just a great time, like mm. comics, mm. everyone on. It was re- it was really good fun, and actually that that I was in. Um, what did I do? That was quite a busy day that day. I was in Caverington in Portsmouth in the day mm. doing a little comedy festival there, doing an hour. And that was lovely. It was outside in a field. Um, as I got there, Angela Barnes was doing her hour, smashing it. Amazing, of course. I went on, had the lovely one. 
and mm-hmm. it started tipping it down yeah. halfway through. And these people that go to this comedy, like they're, they're so loyal to this comedy. Um, I don't, it's not a night. It's a well, they just go to comedy all the time in this field, mm. and mm. I didn't realize it. It started raining, and all of a sudden, everybody in unison just sort of got up. And I thought, what's going on? <laughs> and they just, out of nowhere, they just got all this like tarpaulin over themselves. Or, no way. Or just they all, knew. Or, yeah, they, it was just all together. They just, they got a system and it was, it was great. Amazing. And I got attacked by a wasp on stage. That's never happened before. Wow. Yeah. Didn't like that. No, just, I just, bet. Just kept coming for me. Luckily, I, in my first ever set, I had a wasp attacking me joke. Oh, good. So I had. Good. You've not been. Able, you've not been able to use it for over ten years. <laughs> but I had. I had something. I had a, somewhere to go with it. Would you like to hear that joke? Of course. I got attacked by a wasp the other day. Chased me all the way along the seafront, and it eventually got me on the arm, which meant I was it. I had to chase him back on the seafront. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Bit of fun. Um, that is fun. Yeah. So what? A, what? A, what a cracking weekend! Have a, have a nice yeah. sort of day off today. It's been nice. Oh, lovely. Um, although this is work technically so it's not a day off anymore oh sorry well, that's alright I enjoy it if you're listening HMRC uh, what, was that, what do you mean <laughs> I don't know HMRC I don't know like uh, I, I don't know that shows how naive I am about the tax man does what he do not need mean? to know that you're working today yeah but I'm not getting paid for this no true well sort of not directly for this particular not, intro not that they know about yeah no, yeah. but I will put down that I travelled to Scotland to record this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so oh, oh, God, there's so much to talk about. Um, last week, um, so so those of you that this last week, you'll know this. Uh, on our Patreon, we've got a few different tiers, a tier system. Uh, first tier, you get some audio. Second tier, some video. And then last tier, we will talk about any jokes that you're having trouble with mm. on the podcast. And we did that last week. And we have had... So much feedback about that joke that we were discussing, Joel. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We won't talk That's about good. it now, but we will talk about it after the episode. So if you're interested uh, in that, um, just just wait till after the episode and have a listen to that as well. Um, and if you want to check out the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark. Um, let's just get cracking with this week's episode. Who have we got this week? We've got, you've just get, yeah, there was a little hint just then, as you said, you were going to declare travel to Scotland. We've got Ian Moore. Why, why is that a little hint? Does he live in Scotland? No, he's in France. Oh, yeah, of course he does. Well, then why would you, you say you're going to travel to Scotland? Because oh, I was just thinking of somewhere far to We should have said travel. France. Why did you think he lived in Scotland? I don't know. I know that he lives you, in did France. Did you think? Oh, no, hang about. Think, maybe you, I thought Edinburgh. I thought maybe Ian Moore was at Edinburgh. Or you think of Martin Moore? Because he lives up that way. Don't know who I'm thinking of. Joel, I'm confused now. You are you have an absolute mare today, aren't you? What's yeah, going I, on? You've had a big know. weekend. It's been too much for you. I'll get I'll be better in the outro, guys, I promise. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Let's get let's get to it. But before that, we've got a cracking podcast with Mr. Ian Moore. You know, I'm trying to write a routine about the goats because I mean I've got a routine about the goats anyway, but the other day I had to, they had to be injected with some anti- flea thing so it's like i'm locked in a stable with three adult male goats and it's like it's like that i don't know if you remember this from really old fairgrounds but the motorcycle wall of death where they're yeah, just yeah, 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 spinning yeah. around inside this stable 
And I got one of them and I injected myself at one point as well. And there's got to be a great routine there, you know. So, I mean, it's, I can't sit down and think that that might happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just got to happen. And I also uh, know that, that, that with you my haven't life, got any fleas. I haven't got any fleas. But I'm fine at the moment. But I've had so many injections recently, I don't know what I've got. Um, but it also means that because my life is so oddball in terms of, uk stand-up i know that i can go to i can double up and not have to worry about somebody else doing their yeah. go flea injection routine <laughs> oh that's yeah that's great isn't it because that it is and it also means that your hit rate for any new material tends to be higher because this is something people have never heard yeah 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 so if you get it right and the longer i've been a stand-up and certainly in the last sort of 10 years stand-up I'm more me on stage than I've ever been before. Yeah. So I can get it across without being affected or I was going, I was going to ask looking actually, like I'm looking for the punchline. Because I was, I was watching a couple of your bits on YouTube just before and you were doing quite a bit of Brexit stuff. Now, was that influenced because of the move? Or would, do you think you'd have been talking about that stuff anyway? Or do you think because of the move, that's just what's happening in your life? So that's why you... I think, no, I, th I don't know if I would be. I think I had to talk about it because so much of because so much of my stand-up is about my life in France, I couldn't legitimately ignore the biggest subject about my life in France, yeah, yeah. Which, which was Brexit. And, and it gave birth to so many different routines because I had to, I had to go through so many different stages of getting French nationality and language tests Again, and all of all that. all stuff that's but so it, unique to you as well. Absolutely. Because yeah. a lot of people so, at one point were like, Oh, people talking about Brexit still, but if you've got like an angle that's totally different to anyone else's and a different perspective, yeah. yeah, all of a sudden it's more interesting again to listen to. Yeah, and it's and it's not forced, you know. It's mm. it's not forced. I mean, there are people who genuinely think I make all this stuff up that I don't actually live in France. <laughs> that's why you got the fake backgrounds, all... mate. I know exactly. It could be anywhere. So bullshit. <laughs> Um, when you write in no your novels, it, do you, does that ever spark stand-up ideas? Just when you're in your zone of writing, uh, less so with the novels. But the first two books I did were um, about me. There were uh, there were memoirs of me living in France and travelling from France to the UK and being a stand-up. Right. So in a sense, those two books were were like um, Edinburgh shows. Yeah, because they were from blogs and there were there were things that were going on and quite a lot. Um, well, not a lot, but certain episodes within those books I've since turned into stand up routines because because you're writing it from your perspective. It's so it's as if yeah. like you would if you were doing stand up. This thing yeah, happened. And exactly. And because and, I was looking through, when I knew I was coming on here, I was actually looking through old notes and i really did write down like it was prose right but really dry yeah, you know, yeah. And, I, and i look at the notes and literally it'll be like a page of just so a4 writing and i'll have put an arrow at every paragraph going insert joke here you know? <laughs> so you're just writing everything but the jokes <laughs> absolutely yeah so that was so 2005 so that was before you'd written your first novel was it 
I've written my first novel. My first novel was only published two weeks ago. My first books were, were published oh, okay. in 2012 and 2013. Right. So, yeah, that was 2005 was way before that. Yeah. But, I mean, I also found from my second gig... So you're obviously a natural for that stuff then because that's just what came naturally to yeah. you. It's, it's, just, it's just pure... Were you like that at school as well? Were you, were you good at that sort of stuff? How do you mean? Good at, um, good at English, like writing and. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I was, but I wasn't. I've always wanted to write. Mm. I've, it's always been my ambition to write. But I think when you start doing stand up, it's. Um, it becomes all consuming. And, and it was at a time when I first, you know, when I first started making money out of it, you couldn't, you couldn't concentrate on something else. You couldn't have yeah. your eye on the horizon. You, it, to, to make a living out of it, you had to you had to be really good, and you had to you had to keep that quality up. Yeah. So you had to keep turning over material. Mm. So there wasn't any room for anything else, really. You know, I mean, the, the first ambitions when if I think for my generation, there were first t there were two first ambitions that you had when you started stand up. One was to get on the jongler's circuit, so you made money. Yeah. And two, to, you were good enough to get off the jungle circuit because you're making money elsewhere. That, those, those are basically the first two ambitions. That's brilliant. So so have you got some bits down? Like when you're going through that notepad from 2005, were the top bits you're like, oh, I totally forgot I'd even had this idea? Well, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I, I wrote, there's a whole load of stuff. I wrote a whole like 10 minute routine. I think it must be about Where were you living at, that, at this point? 2005 we that was the year we moved to france so this oh. this specific material was written the 25th of march 2005 and we moved here on the 4th of january 2005 oh, okay so this so, was this was the moment of the change in like perspective yeah. of like and, and so this routine was was almost like looking at the english from outside it was a whole routine about enthusiasm and the the english tut versus the french or like that it was <laughs> where they come from right. and there's loads of stuff there but i know looking at it now it basically boiled down to two or three good lines okay that, that's all it that's all it became after you know, there's there's five sheets of a4 here which is written out highlighted moved about scrubbed out different things here where i would put it in the set but it really did only come down to two lines so would you have been which is ironic for a routine about enthusiasm because <laughs> i just obviously obviously gave up on it <laughs> well that just sounds like you've you've chipped away and chipped away and just found the gold isn't it you've been ruthless with uh, it. yeah but i remember i remember performing a lot of it mm. and re and just realizing that it just didn't work as it was right um so in the end rather than but, rather than really work at that bit but, i just took out the bits that did work and just kept those but looking at it now having lived in france all this time do you think you could do more with the stuff now going back to it yeah i think what i'd do now um is i'd change it because I, because i do stuff about having and i haven't seriously not looked in the, at this in 16 years i would change it now to be about my children because i've got french children and english children Okay. So I'd have I'd have them acting out the different national characteristics, if you will. So what do you mean you've got French children and English children? Well, my eldest son was born in in uh, in the UK. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. But my two other children were born here. So I, I have this thing where I'll play on the differences between the two. And and the, um, the son born in the UK, he's in France with you? Yeah, they're, they're all here. How old is yeah. he now? He's 21. Oh, okay. But he's definitely the more English of the lot. And he's he's kept the Englishness, has he, since moving yeah, over? Yeah, very much so. Very, you know, very sort of almost almost Englishly aggressive so, about it. So with that, the tut and the other thing, could you, could you insert that into those... T- the characters yeah basically. i could definitely because i i because i've performed in french as well and i Have wrote you? a bit about yeah and i wrote a bit about um the difference between breastfeeding an english child and breastfeeding a french child and that the, the french child would like it at room temperature and serve with food <laughs> and the english child would drink too much throw up and then just carry on again so that kind of <laughs> different so, different stereotypes so that would work both in England and in France, like to, to yeah. the English and the French crowd, I would think. Yeah, yeah. What that was the thing I found that uh, when I when I was preparing to do sets in French. Mm. See, the French, there's a very different sense of humour in France in that they don't, they're, they're incapable of laughing at themselves. This was it's exactly what I was going to say. So the the served with food bit. They probably don't even find that funny. They're just like... No, they'd say, well, of course, you know, that's natural. <laughs> so the idea of a set, I did, doing a set in English is me taking the piss out of the English because by and large we can take it, although yeah. I think that's less so since Brexit. Mm. Whereas with the French, my set would be taking the piss out of the English because that's what they want to hear. <laughs> See, that's a change anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's... So it's not that much different. You know? No. So... What what were the gigs in France? Like actual stand-up gigs that were already actual, existed? The first gig I actually did in French was um, was actually at the Comedy Store in London. They used to run a whole um, night of uh, just a French French stand-up. Um, was Eddie Izzard three, there? Three or four times a year. Well, Eddie Izzard, this is the thing about Eddie. I, I, I really like Eddie Izzard. I love, I love his comedy, but... I think I could be surreal in different languages that I don't know very well either. And I know, I know that, I know that I've had French people who've been to his shows over here. Are like, well, it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> you know, it's not, this, this is not word perfect, you know. So, yeah. so it's a different thing to what, you know. Brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Love Eddie Izzard, but it's a different. I can't be surreal. That's not my. That's not my thing. So your your stuff has to be spot it on. It has to work. It has to be accurate. And the French are really painfully mechanical about their language whereas english can be a quite lazy language we can get away with various things right okay the french just will not accept so, that so if you, you get know? something wrong they are going to concentrate on that and not even be absolutely. focused on the joke absolutely right oh, yeah wow. so it, it, so so did that take a few goes to get it right well i just i was so nervous the, yeah because it was packed out it was packed out comedy store they're all french all the acts were French. And, and I remember walking in on that Monday night and Simon Mason, who's, who's mm. stage manager at, at, at the store, he said, I've never seen you like this. And I was literally shaking, yeah, literally shaking. And it was, I was just terrified. And I'd learnt it slightly by rote almost because I had to get the accuracy of the language in. Mm. Um, but which meant that the the looseness of performance wasn't necessarily there, right? Yeah, and it just it was just it was a great night, but it was a really odd night. Like before I went on, because there was no compare, and they just shoved me on first, right? So it was oh, like an off stage no. announcement. 
And uh, the, and as I opened the stage door to walk on to the stage at the store, all the French acts in the dressing room shouted "merde" at me. "Merde!" What? And I walked I walked on the stage going, "How fucking rude are these people?" <laughs> and the, and the French say "merde." That's that's their version of break a leg. They were wishing me luck, but I went on with just this anger, <laughs> <laughs> trying to sabotage me. What is going on? That's so funny. Did you open with a bit saying? This is your first time doing yeah. doing it in. Yeah, right. I did, and I, you know, and I and I and I said, look, you know, and I did the usual kind of, you know, I know I'm, I apologise for the crimes I'm about to commit in your language, yeah. but I do live in France, and and so they, 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 I'd sort of built up a little bit of sympathy in the mm. audience, and, but also that I was, you know, the French love it if you make an effort. Yeah, yeah. But then the French act that went on after me who's now quite big actually, but she was really new at the time. She went on stage and she said, um, she said, that guy, how, how on earth did you understand what he said with that accent? Right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and the audience started booing her. I oh, really? Because, yeah, because oh, they, they obviously liked me, but also I think they admire the effort, right? Some kind of character act that I was doing this really, oh, really? <laughs> English accent, and so, so yeah, she she had to really start from behind because she just completely misjudged it. Oh, that's so funny. Who's that really famous French stand-up? He had a Netflix show. Um, Yad El Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So yeah, probably. Yeah, is he sort of I, like? Is there a circuit in France for No, French not acts? really. It's something they're trying to they're trying to build on. Obviously, that's been tramped on the last eighteen months or so. But it's interesting stand up in France because it tends to be traditionally stand up in France has been they call it the one man show. So these are touring comedians okay. who do big venues and do television. Actual circuit club circuit started to come about about i don't know eight years ago something like that maybe it's maybe a bit longer but it what it what it is is that it's come from it's come from what they call the banlieue which are the the estates around the big city so it is a lot of it is ethnic and uh, north african and, and giving their voice via stand-up and putting their message across via stand-up mm. in a similar way to the way rap started right in america so it's it's a, it's a very different kind of um mm. like i say it's not much of a circuit really but it's, but it's getting there yeah so it's, but it's just a really interesting form of expression that, mm. that is very different to to, to how the uk just like, seems. just like an early days it's just and it would evolve i guess and the, yeah the more it, yeah it's yeah, yeah quite a new concept and that's cool um so in those notes have you got any what bits have you got in there have you got any specific um Bits that I've got, I've got one here that um, this is from my second gig. I've even got the map that they faxed me. <laughs> <laughs> Your second gig? What do you mean? My second ever gig, my second ever open spot. You still got stuff There's, from that? I, I kept. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, I've got a whole file of cuttings and stuff that I've just been looking through, which is yeah, quite nostalgic. Yeah. And this, this is my, actually, this map is from my first ever gig, which was in Tunbridge Wells, which I didn't organise. Oh, that's weird. I'm in Tunbridge Wells on uh, Friday. The Curb. Oh, right. The, where, the, where are you playing? The, this was a pub. This was just a pub uh, in Tunbridge the, Wells. The, 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 the Curb one, the, the Trinity. 
Oh yeah, it's a nice gig. Yeah, it's, very nice it's, gig. it's outdoors though. This one, I think. Oh, is it? I, what, I, the car park? I don't know actually. I haven't had a good look, but I find with the Trinity, it's 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 got a really high ceiling, hasn't it? In that kind yeah. of churchy building, it's quite it's quite hard to get your levels of what a good gig is in that room. It on in the big room, definitely. That's they, they, they ran it for a while in a cafe bar. Oh, okay. The cl- which was quite odd because that's L-shaped, so you had the stage uh, right. between you had the stage looking out of the long room, mm. but also looking to the side yeah. with another set of audience who couldn't see the other set of audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, They're always weird those gigs. Sometimes it's like playing two different shows, isn't it? Oh, it is completely. No, this is so that's the map for my first gig, but this is <laughs> This second, this, this I, I was actually having this conversation with someone uh, a couple of days ago, and you you're in this generation of not having sat nav, and like like the, the the weird obscure places I go to gig, I can't even imagine the stress of doing that with having to look at a map and like what's the process do you like just learn it off by heart before you start or do you no, keep I, stopping? I I had a thing where I'd always head for the train station in town. Right, because that signpost. It seemed to me that the majority of places that we gigged in in those days, they were within five-minute walking station, yeah. walking place of the of the station. So I'd always drive towards oh. the station, and then and then it it would always just fall into place. Oh, that's uh, yep. Good, good thinking. Yeah, I didn't think about pre, that. Pre, pre-technology. Because <laughs> half the places I go loads of times, but if you took the satnav away, I don't think I could get there because I'm so reliant on just following yeah. the, the oh, map absolutely. on there. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was driving back from from the UK a couple of weeks ago. I know the route. Yeah. I know the bloody. But the satnav's saying no, you go off that way, and I'm like sitting there arguing with the satnav <laughs> in, in French yeah. as well because that's the only person who speaks to me in French. <laughs> No, I've got these notes from the second gig, which was 29th of November, 1995. I did my first gig in October, so that was about a month before. Um, right. It went really well. That's I normal, actually, isn't it? About a month difference because you yeah. try it and then you're like, actually, I yeah. will do another one. And I and I thought, well, you know, that's fine. That's I can do that. I know how to do this. This is easy. Yeah. So I booked, <laughs> booked a second gig, packed it with... Um, friends and family oh no uh, and it was a new it was a new act night and yeah. i was on last out of 16 and died on my hole <laughs> so badly so badly was it a tough gig but, anyway no, or was it yeah no it wasn't you know <laughs> and did you i made it a tough and did you gig. do the same stuff as you did from the first some of spot? it some of it i'd written because i these are the notes from that which is about walker's crisps and i just i read it through this morning and you know, it just reads like a really dry article on Walker's crisps. It's it's so it it is so open spot. It is so that 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 trap that I think open spots fall into of wanting to have a message with everything they joke about. Yeah, but it's so packed full of the message <laughs> that there are no jokes. It's no in funny. It. Just not funny and just very worthy you know it's like it's like the independent newspaper you like you know, yeah that's worthy but it's so dull yeah really yeah. dull brilliant so, uh, so, so, I, no, so i never so what were you talking about the crisps what was the the vibe talking about them? the crisps because um was it your chance to win a sticker <laughs> on the inside no purchase necessary and i've written no purchase necessary what the hell does that mean i mean what how how new is that to stay <laughs> so 
Yeah. That's a classic go-to, isn't it? Like a sign it or anything that's what the hell's on something. That all about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the? Uh, what actually is the no purchase necessary? Like what is? What does that actually? It, it's, it, it is. It's, it's like they can't. You're not allowed to run these competitions by stipulating that you have to buy them. So, oh right, no purchase necessary means you don't have to buy the crisp to take part in the competition. Oh, but clearly you have to because the things on the inside of the <laughs> yeah. packet. Otherwise, you're stealing some crisps. Yeah, that's basically exactly. they're saying you're allowed to steal some crisps. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what I said. You know, it's just it's just <laughs> shoplifting to enter a competition. I mean, there, there's an idea behind it. It just I had no skills at all to be able to get. That's that that's, that's that's a solid bit of stand up. Yeah, like. I know. But yeah, you're right. It's 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 that thing of, like, where like I've gone back through old. My first notepad, and it's it's very it's embarrassing to yeah. because you're you're just putting down things in a rhythm that you think sound like a joke, yeah. but you haven't really got down to the core of the fuddy. Yeah, um, but you can oh, absolutely. But once you you know more, of, a lot of the ideas are still funny ideas. You just need a yeah. way of um, working out how to. Get but it's it's also it's also remembering that spark you had when that idea came to you initially because that's where the funny is right. and you don't and you don't looking back at lists you can't always get that mm. you can't you know you can look at a list and it'll just uh, whatever i don't know stonehenge stonehenge on this list from 2011 i love that you've right. got all this stuff this is so good and, and and you know what does that mean stonehenge is, I mean, is that I all you put was, that's all you... i put stonehenge i think it was a whole thing about TripAdvisor. Okay. I was working on a whole thing about TripAdvisor, which again was a routine. That's quite a funny thing to have on TripAdvisor, something like Stonehenge, because it is. there's, well, there's it, no it, more people could do for you. It, do, no. do you know what I mean? If you're commenting yeah. on that, that's so funny. Yeah. Cause it's not like well, a that, service. That was the thing. You know, I, I think <laughs> I've actually written some of these out because like the, the TripAdvisor for, for Auschwitz, you know, the people complaining about the cafe facilities uh, <laughs> at, at this. <laughs> And I remember doing that joke quite a lot on stage, or not quite a lot, but about half a dozen times, and it never working because you can't get beyond the word Auschwitz. Do you think? Yeah, that's. Yeah, you just. You, there, there because that's to be... such a. The annoying thing with that is it's so funny because of the extremeness of yeah. Auschwitz. Yeah. Like it's. Because if you if you took that down a notch, it loses why it's as funny because it's yeah, absolutely, absolutely ridiculous yeah. that they're complaining and, and about the cafe. You facilities. can't flip it. You can't flip it so that Auschwitz comes at the end. It has to be. It has to be as it is, as you see it on yeah on TripAdvisor. You know, so it just like, it just never worked. Like I did, it never worked. That like way. there's something in the, funny in the like maybe in something like as if that was from 1940. Two yeah. or something. Do you know? I'm not coming here again. <laughs> but you're right. That's the thing, especially these days. Do you think, because you've been, I mean, you've, that's a long career you've had in stand up. Do you think it's changed in the way people get tense if something like a certain word in the setup? Uh... Because I find, because I, I, I obviously, nowhere near as long as you so i don't know what it was like before but it's it's definitely if anything in the setup of a joke triggers people it's hard to get them over the line to yeah the funny i think that i think there is a certain conservatism more so now than maybe there was 20 years ago mm. i do th i do think that um 
But I, I think that's because the audiences have got younger. And I don't I don't mean that in a, a kind of woke, you can't say anything these days because that's nonsense. Mm. It's just I think people are triggered by words, yeah. specific words that means that they won't go beyond that word to listen to what you're actually saying about mm. it. The only, the only time I had that years ago was when I did a routine about male postnatal depression. It's a real... The real zinger, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and I could never get into the routine because women in the audience just reacted so badly about a male saying that he had postnatal depression. Right. That it just became impossible to get into the because routine. Because they thought you were to... taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's a thing. And was, yeah, so, so was the routine actually a, a serious point of, it was. It yeah, was. It, was so a, that's... it was a serious point, but I, I wasn't allowed to make it. Uh, that's you know, the trouble, so... isn't it? Because because everyone's laughing, some people that don't really understand comedy just hear laughing and go, oh, it's taking the mic. It's taking the piss it's out mocking. of such a serious yeah. thing. And it's yeah. like, oh, you just, it's such a shame that not everyone gets it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and what I found with, with that particular routine is that the ones that didn't get it were really angry about it. You know, really, you have no right to say this. You have, you know, yeah. on the front row going, you have no right. You'd have people kicking thing. off during. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 I've had it when people come up to me afterwards when they sort of they question something and then I sort of explain to them my point of view and then they go, oh, OK, sorry, I didn't get that. Yeah. But I used to have that about a specific routine that I stopped using because it worked with some audiences and didn't work with others. And I've, I've always, mm. not always, but I think it was certainly, I, I've, I don't like comedy for shock that's purely yeah. for shock. And, and although I didn't think it was purely for, the sh for shock, it, it caused a problem. It was about, it was about Paralympians, um, the early days of, of Paralympics where it wasn't as categorized as it is now. So you'd have like a two meter, 200 meter men's race seven of them would have one leg missing and one of them would only be missing an arm. Right. And I'd, you know, you know, and you'd do a routine about that. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And it worked quite well. Mm. It worked quite well in clubs, but then I did that stupidly with no thought of where I was or what I was thinking. <laughs> a, a gig in Cyprus for an army for soldiers coming back oh. from Afghanistan. And I just yeah. went into this routine and didn't realise that they were actually meeting up with a lot of their comrades who had been shipped out because literally they'd lost limbs. Yeah. And just standing there in this marquee and going, fuck, because <laughs> the silence was really, you know, so really so so there was a there was there was a point when you realised, but you're in a bit. How do you yeah. like? Do you just keep well, going? I, I kept going, right? Because I, I, think, you, I the, think that's how you got to, haven't you? Because I think by stopping, it makes it worse. Yeah, I, I, the, the choice is you stop and they, they, you've already lost them anyway. Yeah. Or you carry on and, and hope that there's a spark in there that they can find funny. Yeah. Right? So, and I, and I that, that, it, it wasn't working. I, I ploughed on and it so, wasn't working. Then suddenly, at the side of the stage, there is a naked soldier. <laughs> standing there with a look of fire on his face and he takes a running leap at me what to to yeah to rugby tackle me 
And I stepped back and he just went flying in front of me. And I just went, good night. And we were, we were whisked off the base. Really? Um, oh, shit. Before any trouble could kick off, we, we, were, we were run out of the um, <laughs> Oh, my God. One question. Put in the car. One question. Was he naked anyway? I can do a funny bit and then suddenly it turned and he just got angry and forgot he was naked. I, I have no idea. I, I, I wanted, <laughs> what I wanted to say was, well, you've got everything that you need, clearly. <laughs> so... Wow, that's wow, that's tense. So yeah, so you didn't even. So do you, was it that they actually took offence, or was it? Do you think because you brought up the topic of that, everyone just was like, "This everyone is on everyone's minds." It, that I think it's on everybody's minds, and it's also, who am I? Who am I? Yeah, to make any kind of joke about that mm. to these people, literally landed that day. Yeah. from Afghanistan because the point about those decompression gigs that we did out in Cyprus was that they were completely different to any normal gig insofar as if you had that audience in a comedy room yeah they were coming into your world so slightly mm. different but in this situation with those gigs you were going into their room into yeah. their world and you had to you know you had to be careful mm. and I wasn't I was an idiot. Do you remember who you were on with that, that, that day? I think... That was it discussed afterwards? Did you, like... Oh, we, we got very drunk, as far as I remember. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was Jeff Boys and Jason John Whitehead. Oh, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not... <laughs> I was out there a lot. So I, think it, I think it was... And the thing was, as well, is that I... I think so, it was my second tour out there. Mm. And I made no concessions to, to how, you know, I didn't dress down. Yeah. So I was in a marquee in Cyprus in front of these blokes still covered in sand from Basra. Right. And I've walked on in a very sharp Italian suit with a matching tie and yeah, pocket yeah, handkerchief. Yeah. You know, they, although it worked quite well quite a lot of the time, there was always an element who were just waiting right to, look at to, right to they want yes in that's interesting yeah who's this bloke dressed do you yeah. know what i mean who, while we've been who out does he really think he is you know yeah yeah oh so so did you then change your tact when you did those gigs again like with what you wore and... uh, i well i didn't do that material no, and i didn't no, imagine you did <laughs> i put him the next time yeah. <laughs> um but then i didn't do that material anywhere after right that. Yeah. Because my, my rule was basically, if you can't do it there because that is too sensitive, mm. then don't do it anywhere. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Don't do it just where you feel comfortable because that's not so you, that's not right. Yeah, me. yeah. So, and you clearly never really thought about it being sho shocking stuff because that would have been the first thing you thought about when doing that gig. But yeah. so you you clearly came from it from a good place that you thought you know it's just a bit. Yeah, it's just that once once you're in that situation, suddenly the like the the curtains reveal themselves to what that material actually is to some people yeah yeah and you think wow well i never had that as an intentional mm. thing you know i'm not a shock comedian no, no i'm not that's not that's not how i operate it's not it's not how i want to i did start out wanting to be wanting to have a message in my stand-up and there is some political stuff in my stand-up but i'm not about shocking people i just mm. I find that to be honest 90 percent of the time really boring comedy yeah yeah, it's a go-to for a lot of new acts as well. I think that when they they're not very funny, that they want rather than silence, they want some sort of noise. Yeah, 
and because yeah. even I did that when that. I yeah even I did that when I started I'd have jokes that were just were disgusting not like yeah. not like graphic but like just the topic of incest or or anything like that just to yeah. get people to make a noise of some sort yeah. so I feel a bit more yeah. comfortable which is weird because you should feel less comfortable having just said that Absolutely. thing. But for some reason, that's the mentality, isn't it? Uh, so funny. Have you got any other bits you want to say, like before? Any other little uh, notes? No, I think that I think that was that was all the older stuff. It was it was. Uh, what, what have I written down? Oh yeah, I, that was something else. That I think I, that I heard you and Andrew talk about was like running material by other. Oh yeah, by other people, and I just never. And I wonder if that's a generational thing. Oh really? Yeah. In in that we never ever did that, and it, and if the the circle of friends that that I've sort of grown up with, if you like, in stand up, mm. if I was to try and do that, I'd be told to belt up. <laughs> and if and if I tried to slip it into conversation as something, I'd probably get slapped. It just yeah. we just never. We we never ever did that, you know, and and I wish you know I wish we had, yeah, you know, because I think we'd I think you know when I say it like that, that's not. If you came off and somebody said that bit there, have you thought of doing that? Yeah, we'd yeah. do that, mm. but we'd never before like run something past run them. it by somebody else, which I think is really interesting. And now, and yeah. I really like the idea of that. Yeah, really, maybe maybe everybody did. Maybe yeah, they just no one just me. <laughs> yeah, your stuff was just always good, so <laughs> didn't need to. But yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I think maybe because I mean I don't, I don't know. I mean, when you started, were there many stand ups about? Because now there's so many, and people are like students of it. Like they start in a different way. Yeah. They start and they start because there's there's definitely were never comedy courses when you started, surely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there, were. there were. I mean, there were. There was Jill Edwards, which I was Jill Edwards. Was she running yeah. in '95? Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah. Jill, Jill Edwards, because a few of them did. I know Simon Evans did Jill Edwards. Yeah, I think Jimmy Carr, um, Shappy, quite a few of those. Yeah, people did. I, I never did a course. I never thought I'd. I didn't either. I never thought I'd make as a stand-up anyway. So I, I never mm. put the effort in. I guess I just there was a lot of new act competitions, and it tended to be the same people who'd turn up at them. Mm. It'd be Simon, um, Paul Foot, yeah, Gavin Webster, me, you know, mm. um, Adam Bloom was a couple of years before, as was Gunny. It's great, all these and people Ad, are still Ad rocking Gordon. as well, yeah, and and still really good, and yeah, still, yeah, they're the, still, the, still turning over stuff, all top headliners, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it was, it was a pretty good generation, it's just that we didn't have, I think, we just missed out on, um the platforms to take us further if you see what i mean yeah before us there was there was i think tv got a bit saturated with with comedy and friday night live and saturday night live and things like that mm. so there was a lot of comedians about and they did well and then the same sort of happened after our generation yeah, as yeah. well but i mean as far as live acts those that you know those names are you're never going to be let down on a night out if those names are on the bill no do you think like back in those days, people were, were you sort of, were you people partying more together after gigs and drinking a lot? And then maybe, Definitely. because these days that happens less. And I think maybe yeah. when people are sort of more sober, they 
to just to think of stuff to talk about they talk about comedy whereas if you're getting hammered you don't want to talk about i think that's i think that's a really good point (laughs) because because we'd spend weekends away from home yeah we'd be out you know we and so we'd we'd either stay at a, a club that would always have a disco after the Thing. we'd just sit in a corner or we'd stay in the dress room or we'd go back to the hotel bar but we'd stay out late yeah um and not and not often talk about comedy you know mm. it's it's it was a different it's what seems- the one difference with that i'll give you an example of that and this is that this is how careers change i guess 2002 i did um just for laughs mm. comedy festival in montreal uh, which was great. It's just, you know, yeah. my idea of a perfect festival. You just write seven minutes every year and it's absolutely fine. <laughs> but I remember um, Jimmy, the, the bill for, for our gig, the, the best of British gig, it was the Sean Mio, Milton Jones, Lee Mack, Mark Watson, Jimmy Carr and me. Wow. That, that, was, that was the bill. And I remember rolling into the hotel, I think it was about five o'clock in the morning after being out for most of the night, just, just you know, hey, look at this, look, I'm making a living out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going into the hotel sort of foyer where there was a studio, a radio studio set up for the, uh, I think it's for the West Coast American radio stations. And Jimmy was there. Jimmy Carr was there, just got up, just to do the interviews, just to be around. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. difference between somebody who knows <laughs> who knows what they're doing and somebody who's just along for the ride. You know, it's uh, it's it's a very different, very different indeed. Brilliant. Okay, mate, that's great. Let's finish up there. That was yeah. such a good episode, mate. I'm really looking forward to putting this one out. Hashtag Awooga to Ian Amora. Um, great stuff. Lovely episode. If you want to hear a little bit more from Ian Amora, we've got an extra podcast over on the Patreon. Go check that out. Patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark. Uh, any feedback from this episode, let us know at jokes with Mark across all social media. We would love to hear from you and chat about it on next week's episode. Um, and let's have a chat about the joke that we, that we were helping with last yeah. week, um, Joel. Um, do you remember the joke? Well, it was more the phrase skin in the game, right? Yes. We so can... we were trying to figure out how you could use that phrase in a joke. And um, and so Nee, the, the... The operation the, board game. The guy that, yes, um, yeah. He-Man, Skeletor. Mm-hmm. We went, I mean, the Nee, who, uh, whose joke it is, um, he... He 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 said we. Well, if anything, we probably spoke about it too much. <laughs> he was impressed with the in depth we went. <laughs> um, but but everybody's been chatting about it. So um, Daryl, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who was featured on the podcast before, um, he little feedback about the Skeletor bit. Um, mm-hmm. So Skeletor is a gar, and it's a race of humanoid. Blue-skinned people native to Eternia. So he's got blue skin. He's got skin. Uh, so he has got skin in the game. He has. But the phrase is more, hasn't got any skin. Why is he called Skeletor? Because this is the problem. This is the problem. He looks like a mm. skeleton, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's called Skeletor. But then maybe he's just really skinny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, that's not very really scary, is it? <laughs> 
He's got muscles, though. Oh, it's a bit confusing, isn't it, Skeletor? Yeah, it is confusing. Anyway, I think Skeletor is out of the question. That, uh, But what I'm going to do, I'm going to put to you, Joel, some of the mm-hmm. suggestions that we've had. And then I want to know which one you think uh, is best. Um, so let's go. For Daryl had another thing to something else to say. I, I, I'm not 100%. I read this quick and I haven't really looked at it in depth. So I can't. I don't think I really understood it. But I okay. might do as I say this now. When I play the Silence of the Lambs <laughs> version of Monopoly, I always pick the Buffalo Bill token. I always try harder when I have more skin in the game. Okay, yeah. What am I missing? Well, Buffalo Bill collects skin, right? And makes stuff okay, out of it. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. He's a serial killer that skins people and like makes Where, when? furniture and stuff. What do you mean, when? When was this? In Is the film, character? Silence of the Lambs. Buffalo Bill was in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I've seen Silence of the Lambs for ages. Yeah, okay. that's, the main, that's the murderer they're trying to catch. Oh, well, that's a good joke then. Yeah, it works. I always try harder when I have more skin in the game. He's got Science of the Lambs Monopoly version. That's a good thing with Monopoly. You can cheat a joke. like By saying because, Monopoly version. Because there's <laughs> yeah. so many versions of Monopoly. Okay. Could you well, do, is there a circumcised joke you could do? I don't know. No skin in the game. There probably is a circumcised. No one yeah. suggested that, Joel. Um... So who circumcises people? Is it just a doctor or is it a name specifically for that person? Because you could say I was going to do something about um, mm. a circumcision version of Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a whole set of jokes, a full 20 minutes where it's always a different version, like an increasingly more stupid version of Monopoly. Um Doug Heimlich, um, another regular feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shall we call them that from now on? Feature. Feature. Yeah. Um, try and, oh, I, I take it back. Sorry, Doug. Trying to figure out a way to make a circumcision oh. a rejected procedure in operation. Oh, so he's linking the game operation to okay. circumcision. But I can't get skin joke to work both ways. Uh, see, yeah, it's not it's not too mm. easy to squeeze that in. Also, I can flip it. Team of nudists did well at, a fo- at football in the Olympics. They had a lot of skin in the game. Mm. Trouble with that is, technically, both teams have got skin. Yeah, it's, it's skin on show, isn't it? So maybe that yeah, maybe that doesn't quite work as well. Well, but thank you for your feedback, um, Stuart Forbes. Thinking about the skin in the game thing, I know it's not very PC. But I keep coming back to lepers. Yeah, I haven't heard, you don't think, I haven't thought about lepers in a long time. No, the only time I ever think about lepers is when I watch uh, Life of Brian. Mm. Yeah, you never hear about lepers anymore. I don't think are they. I mean, I don't know. They, maybe they are still a thing. Do they? Yeah, lepr- leprosy still exists as a disease, I think. But you just don't hear about it as much. <laughs> no. Um, do you? <laughs> do, do, does it? Oh, this is a bit. It's not a very nice topic. Do, does it? Do their skin fall off? Is that what it is? I think it's part of it. Yeah. Okay, so um, they haven't got. I feel like it's too horrible. Would here? Here's a question: Would a young audience know about lepers? They might not. There you go. They might not know about lepers. So don't do it at any children's gigs. Or do it to inform them. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't you? Um, Holly Tarpley. Uh, I recently played Scrabble against a really apathetic skeleton. 
To be fair, he had no skin in the game. That's that's not a bad joke, though. I like. I really like the idea of an apathetic skeleton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's. I mean, the thing is, so so for personally, it depends on the sort of act you are. But for me, that becomes a bit too joke, proper joke. Do you know what I mean? A bit old-fashioned mm. kind of. You weren't playing Scrabble against a skeleton. Do you know what I mean? That's that's. Imagine what, what a skeleton's hands would sound like in that bag of tiles. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ooh. Yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh, lovely, yeah. Take it back. Love that. Um, <laughs> and last one, and I think the, I remember thinking this was quite good. Sean Gorman. Uh, it may have already been suggested, but the patron joke, how about, why didn't the skeleton try hard enough to win because he had no skin in the game? That's, yeah. That's, you know, that's similar, quite similar, actually, to Holly's. Um, there you go, Nee. There you go. You've got lots of options there. Let us know how, how any of those go. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, we've been rabbiting on for way too long now. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, uh, tune in next week, as always. Um, yeah. Joel, anything more from you? No, but, you know, well, actually, yeah. Oh, Look, right. I would say, oh, a, yeah, what, what an amazing... Oh, great. What an amazing more. advert for the Patreon that was. Nee's had about 20 minutes out of us on his yes, joke. actually. So, you know, if you're if you're working some stuff up, you can head to Patreon. You'll get a, uh, like an in-depth joke clinic that spreads you know over what? two episodes. Well, you might not. You will. I mean, if we're inundated, <laughs> we won't be able to. But I can't see that we'll be completely inundated. But, yeah. Joe, I was, I was thinking then, I mean, this might be a bad idea. What if we offer um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyone who is top tier for a, a year... Yep. Mm-hmm can do an entire episode and they Great. can just and as many jokes as they can fit in and we can talk yeah. about perfect the, there you go you've heard it here first there you go there it is it's official I, I will think it through just to make sure that it's well, I think that's, I think that'd be alright wouldn't it yeah sounds great yeah there we go um, and something else what, oh what was I going to say yes I'm going to be in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Festival I don't know if <laughs> I've mentioned it but yeah I keep forgetting um, but I'm, I'm going on the 
twenty um twenty 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 third until the twenty fifth, and it's at the Gilded Balloon. Uh, so if you'd like to see my uh, sh- my show up there, um, it's nine p.m. every night. Right. Tickets Exciting. available on the Gilded Balloon website, Edge Fringe website, and on my social media bios. So do it. Do it. I can't wait. It's really last minute, and I'm just really excited to go to Edinburgh. Um, we talk too much. Anything more from you, Joe? Um, nothing more from me, mate. Nothing more from you, mate. Nothing more from me, Joe. Hashtag all, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.